The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We're here to remind you, you're grown and you got this. Welcome to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. And today we are talking all about career transition and advancement with Wachin Yanyu. Focusing on our careers as women, especially Black women, is often put on the back burner because we are so busy taking care of making sure our spouses and children are successful. But what happens when you are suddenly faced with returning to the workforce because of a divorce? Or the impact that a divorce has on your ability to focus on your career? Wachin is a strategic marketing and business development executive from Liberia, who resides in Chicago, Illinois. She is currently the Senior Vice President of Marketing Partnerships for the WNBA Chicago Sky. In addition to her role with the Chicago Sky, Watson is the founder of I Choose the Ladder, a company focusing on curating content and experiences for Black women on the corporate climb. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about the thing that I seem to love the most, which is working. <laughs> hey, it, you know what? We all have our thing, right? And that's that's great. I love it. So look, you have been quoted as saying, you have everything you need right now to do what you need to do in your career right now. You just need help focusing on what matters. I think that is such a powerful quote. When I read it, I was like, huh, look at that. I have everything I need right now. Let me just focus. So when we talk about kind of focusing, what are things that women should focus on in order to advance their careers? So I think the first question you ask yourself is what do I actually have control over, right? I think a lot of times with career things, when we're feeling stuck or when we're feeling like things aren't moving is because we're spending or expending the majority of our energy on things that we literally have no control over while neglecting the things that we can actually do right now to move the needle, right? So for example, you'll say, um, oh my God, I want a new job, right? And you are, and you're complaining because nobody's calling you back, right? And so right. your energy is focused on, like, why aren't they calling me back? I know I'm great. Well, if you just took that time to make sure that like your resume was actually formatted to make it past the algorithm and to an actual person to get an interview, that's better uh, time better spent. If you actually took that energy to focus on deepening relationships with people in your networks who can then tell you about opportunities as they become available, that helps give you your power back. But it also gets that feeling of feeling like, I'm stuck or I don't know what to do because you are so focused on things that are outside of your control. 
interesting. You know, I never thought about this, this idea of control, but, you know, that makes a lot of sense given that we do, we spend so much time focusing on things that are outside of our control and really not kind of zeroing in or turning our attention to here are the things that I can control, right? And then, and, and perfecting those in order to, to actually see, you know, advance. And I would probably say, you know, that's the, the first step in reaching goals, right? Here are the things under my control and everything else I've got to let go. And trust. In order to- and you have to trust, right? So your career is a journey. And you, and, I, and people always like, I sound crazy when I say this, you have to trust the process. Okay. Nothing is going to happen before it's supposed to happen, no matter how bad you want it, right? If you are not ready, right. if you are not prepared, even though in your mind you think you may be ready, it's not going to happen. So you're wasting your time uh, and your energy like worrying about that. So you have to trust the process and you have to make, the process is meant for you to be in preparation for whatever it is you are believing for, asking for, trusting for. That's what that time in between point A to point B is supposed to be spent doing. Okay. Be prepared for that next opportunity. So focus on the preparation and not necessarily like destination A to destination B. Okay. Okay. But with this idea of focus, right? We right now are really in a very kind of tumultuous time, right? There's so much going on in the world um, and, and we all have our own stressors. But many of my listeners are dealing with the additional stress of, you know, either going through a divorce or, you know, considering divorce. And so when you're dealing um, in a time of stress, right, you know, what are those areas that you would say, look, these are the things that you focus on despite all of the other stressors? And I think that if, if I hear you correctly, it's all about timing anyway. And so maybe you can speak to this idea of, you know, stress plus timing is really kind of the roadmap through, through advancement or to advancement. So my answer to this question may surprise you. I think that if you are stressed with work and you are going through a major life transition, which is a divorce, the number one thing you need to focus on is grace. You need to learn to give yourself grace. Okay. Because you are dealing with some, some heavy stuff, right? Like your spirit is already heavy because what you like, what you've envisioned your life to be is all of a sudden changing, right? That is major. And a lot of the times as women and granted, I've never been divorced, but I am someone who's trying to learn grace, right? We, we are, if you are an overachiever and used to things being a certain way, you try to operate in that same way, even though your life is completely changing, right? So the first thing that you need to work on and learn to do for yourself is to give yourself grace. That's fantastic. And to understand that like, it's not life as usual. It's not business as usual. And the ways that you may have been able to cope with other things before, it's not the same. You're not dealing with the same thing. So focus on grace and focus on doing the best that you can right now with what you have right now, right? That goes back to the first thing. So if on today, all you can muster is to update your LinkedIn page for five minutes, that's then let okay. it be. 
That's it, right? Because if you needed more than five minutes today to update your LinkedIn, you would have the energy for more than five minutes. But if that's all that you can muster, that's all that you need for today. So give yourself some grace. And then once you have started to feel like a little bit more adjusted to what your new normal is going to be, then you start slowly, right? Relationships are the ways that careers move forward and you can accelerate your growth. So maybe because of all of the, the things that you had going on, you didn't have the opportunity to invest in your relationships, your professional relationships in the ways that you may have wanted to. So start there, right? In this virtual world, invite someone to a, 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 um, a Zoom coffee. Okay. Re-engage with people in your networks who may not have, you know, have remained as close because, you know, life happens, we ebb and flow, yeah. right? Focus on your network, focus on cultivating relationships. But I would also say, focus on being clear on what you want this next chapter to look like, right? Because if you are not clear on that, we will, we, meaning the working world, we will define that for you, right? The minute you start looking for a job, the new boss is going to define what it looks like. You're going to accept the job based on whatever. So get clear on like, you don't, with, with the information that you have right now, what do you want this new you, this new revitalized, (laughs) graceful you, what does that look like for you? So, you know, this idea of grace, I love this because during the divorce process, I speak a lot about, you know, take a moment, right? And it's this idea of doing what you can do in any given moment, because it is a lot, right? There's, there's not a person who I've ever come across who has said that on the day of their wedding, they ever thought that they would be in my office. It's just not a thing, right? And so when you find yourself in this situation, it's really so overwhelming on so many levels, but I often find that people are trying to do, frankly, too much. So I love that you say, give yourself grace in this process of career advancement or transitioning from the non-working space to maybe then into back into the working space Mm -hmm. because it's not going to happen overnight and you've got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. But then to this, your point of, you know, defining what you want, I, I, I really hear you because the working world is going to define your next chapter once you hit the door. Absolutely. I think it's so important that as a part of the what's next for me anyway in the divorce process, that you consider the career transition and what that looks like for you, Mm -hmm. because certainly there are a lot of nuances, right? There's, you know, certainly um, for women who have children who haven't been in the work world for a very long time, now we've got to change schedules or look into schedules. And for those women who did work, you know, during the marriage, a parenting schedule may impact, you know, what you're able to do. And and certainly, you know, we know that as um, executives, you are certainly a lot of the times an overachiever, which means that if somebody says, hey, can you stay late? Hey, can you work on the weekend? Hey, can we network, you know, after work, even though you've been there a long day? Nine times out of 10, we're going to make it happen. But that's going to look different if all of a sudden you're a single parent and you can't do that anymore. Absolutely. So, so, one, so we do like 
every once in a while, we'll do what we um, call our career challenge, right? So we spend okay. five days um, focusing on a very specific area of your career. And the very first day, because it's the foundation, we work on writing and crafting your personal mission statement. In the same way that a brand has a mission statement, so that when you encounter it, you know what they stand for, you know what their boundaries are, you know what they produce. Spend some time before you start looking for jobs, figuring out like, what is my personal mission statement as it pertains to my careers? Because if you have that, that's the North Star. So as you interview, you can tell if this job is aligned with the life that you're trying to create. You have to have clarity around what is the work that you want to do? Who do you want to serve? And how do you want it to manifest in real life, right? Once you have clarity around that stuff, um, it will make your process a lot easier because you can you can tell, like, oh, yeah, this this works. This checks my boxes. I can continue the conversations. Or, like, if it's a job, if for me, part of my mission statement is, like, incorporates my children. Right. The chances that I'm going to take a job that's going to take me away from my kids. It, it's just that it doesn't it, align. It, it doesn't align. And so, like, yeah. as great as it is, it's just not my opportunity. Right. And what we always say is, like, what is for you will not pass you by. Right? Yeah. If it is yours... There's nothing you can do to lose it. If it's not yours, there's nothing you can do to keep it. That right? is, so, oh, you are killing me right now. <laughs> no, you know, it's so true because you're able to then weed out all the stuff, right? So you can really, if you go into it, as you say, it's your North Star. Mm-hmm. So if you have a real clear plan of these are the things that I need to make this work, mm-hmm then you can let go of these other, you know, positions or opportunities or start searching for something that isn't going to work because really all that does is lead to frustration and unfulfillment anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I like the idea of that's the starting point Mm -hmm. to figuring out what's best. That makes, it, it makes a lot of sense, but in this idea of transition anyway, which transitioning from, you know, married to, you know, single as a result of a divorce, it's a huge transition. And there are bound to be, um, you know, changes that we have to um, address. But the notion of lining those with your career kind of plans makes a lot of sense. It, It really does. And I think that the chances of you being a lot more successful once you do land that position or move into whatever that new role is are going to be so much greater because you didn't set yourself up or your employer up for something that's not sustainable. And and your employer is going to know who they hired when they hire you. And so there will be no surprises because once you have your North Star, the types of conversations that you're having in interviews change, right? Now it's not a giving up of my power please give me this job. Now it's me talking to you to see if we are mutually a good fit, right? Like that that shifts the perspective. There's there's a a level of like desperate energy that you can put, like you can get from people in interview processes who are like, I just need this job. I just need this. And like, it doesn't matter what job it is. And if someone who interviews people, you may not be able to put your finger on what's off, but you can tell that something's off and you don't want to work with that person, right? And so once it's looked at from a place of, yeah, you might be new to the job market, but you have some very valuable skills that people, that corporations need. I think a lot of the times, especially for stay-at-home moms who are um, reintegrating into the workplace, yes. there's a sense of like, oh, I was just a mom. And it's like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> a mom. Right. That is 
First of all, if you are a parent who survived COVID and all of your all of them are still alive, you were doing maybe it. you could run a company, you can right? Run. There's no like, so okay. like don't give up your power, right? I don't care if you haven't worked in 20 years. You have valuable skills that could be beneficial to the right company for you. And you just need to make sure that you are only exploring those companies that are a right fit for you. That are right fit. You know, <laughs> look, COVID is the great equalizer. I just got to say, okay. And right now for parents, and, and I'm one who's trying to manage home, school, work, or even if you are a stay at home you know, mom, you're talking about now managing, you know, the education component in a way that we've never had to do before, unless you were already in homeschool um, type individual. But even, even then, even then, the added component of, you know, quarantine, the added component of not being able to go to certain places. So, you know, there's all these nuances that have really changed the game. But I I do want to talk about, though, the idea that if you, even if you have been out of the workforce for a while and you're looking to transition back in, as you're preparing, say, your resume, the skill set that you want to try to lean in on or focus in on to make yourself attractive or, you know, um, as you say, beat kind of the resume algorithm given that you may have been out, you know, for some time. So are there things that kind of, you know, can put you to the head of the class, even though you've been out for a while? Yes. So I would first say, so depending on the position that you are applying for, go on Indeed or Glassdoor or any of these job searches, these job searching websites, and copy five different job postings for the kind of job that you are, that you think that you want to apply for then look at the commonalities within those postings, right? What are the transferable skills that they're looking for? What are the things that they're prioritizing? And if it's consistent across five different companies for the same position, you know that for that role, regardless of where you're working, that's what matters. Once you are clear on that, you then match up your skill set with how, like you, with how, with what you saw in those five things. So maybe you pick the top five things And one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making on their resumes is that their resume focuses on function, not on impact. Oh, okay. So so say you did administrative things. I don't care. But you did administrative things that um, help speed up productivity for your department by 25%. I care about that, right? Right. So don't, don't focus on function. Focus on impact that directly builds a bridge between where you are and the job that you're applying for, okay. right? So a lot of the times when people are looking at resumes, they don't have a lot of time, they're making it quickly, and they don't have time to figure out, like, how does what she's saying translate to what I need? So your job for the resume is to help build that logical bridge to be like, oh, of course she can do this job. I want to talk to her, right? So make sure you have a clear sense of what the common asks are for the types of job that you're applying for, Go through your experience, right? And this can also include volunteer experience. Okay. A lot of times people are like, oh, I I haven't worked. Yeah, but you were the head of the PTA for seven years. And that's a real job. That's That's a real, right? That's a whole whole job. You ran boosters (laughs) for whatever. Like, there are things that you've done because most stay-at-home moms are not just like, 
at home doing nothing, right? Like there's a whole life that they make happen. Like they are the backbone of the world. Of the world organization. But wait, let, let me just say something here because if you have ever served in any kind of officer or committee position for any sorority, you have had a whole job, okay? Let, let's just say that. Listen, so tonight I have, um, somehow, some way I thought I had um, the capacity to be on the executive committee for my sorority and I have e-board tonight. And I was like, why? You why? have two full-time jobs and you're getting your MBA. Do you not love no, yourself? Like, why are you doing this? But, you know, No, ma'am. I'm going to tell you right now, serving on a board for, and, and I love my sorority. I, I'm also a member of Jack and Jill. I got two little... When I tell you I do more work for organizations, it, so if you are a member of an organization and that and you have that level of commitment, you have had a whole job. Period. And here's what I will say to the moms, whether you're stay at home or not, do not allow people to minimize your contribution. Oh, say you that. Are doing the Lord's work, if you ask me, right? yeah, yeah. we are making sure that the next generation of humans are productive members of society. For a lot of you, you've put your own dreams to the side to make this possible for your household. So don't let anybody try to make you feel like you're less than because you are not currently part of the world. That's right. That, that's right. I mean, look, we just said, you know, the fact that you are raising children, you could re- you could run the country right now. And I'm not even going to go down politics. I'm just going to speak to facts. You know, the reality of it is it takes a whole lot to run a family. So, you know, identifying those transferable skills mm-hmm. that you use on a daily basis, I think certainly um, is key. But also, I, I want to get your thoughts because I-, I certainly have my own thoughts about how people don't, I don't think, tap into their community and family network as much as they should. So I, I talk a lot in divorce about having a support network and having good people around you. But I, you know, I think the same is true in career development. I certainly am not where I am because you know I did it myself, right? I mean, and that's a part of professional networking but it's also my personal network. So, you know, my neighbors and my sorors and, you know, other individuals. So, you know, would you say that tapping into that network is also very important and something not to overlook when you are really looking to either advance in your career or transition back into the workforce? So that community is the whole reason that I started I Choose the Ladder because I don't see how you progress in your career without a solid community, right? And I think a lot of times people may feel shame in asking for stuff or like not being further along than they are, or they may feel like they're the only one who's experiencing what they're experiencing. And so they don't want to tap into their networks, but that's literally what people are there for, right? If you are prepared and people feel like you make good use of their time, more often than not, people in your network are willing to help you, right? You just need to be clear about what the help is that you need. Because a lot of times the people that you will be turning to within your community who have the capacity to help or the ability to help are probably really busy, right? They're going to make time for you because they care about you or part of their network. 
but nobody likes to have their time wasted. And so if you are, if you come, you've done the work, you, you're prepared and you're leveraging them for specific things, I think that you would be, um, it would be a huge misstep not to tap into that. I remember when I lived in LA, um, there was an agent that I just met and he was like super powerful at the time and I was in my twenties. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, like this man is whatever. So I asked him like, hey, John, if I needed a favor from you, like how long should I wait? Because I think we have this thing around like, have I deposited enough into the relationship? Am I asking for too much? And he was like, the minute that you need something from me and you don't ask, you've lost, right? Like if you need something and you know that I can give it to you, I'm a part of your network. That's what I'm here for. Just ask me and I can tell you no, or I can tell you whatever it is. But if there's someone who works for a company that you want to work for, ask for an informational. If there's somebody who knows somebody, ask for an introduction. Like that's the purpose of community and people are, are happy to help. You know, I, that's so true. I think that, you know, it's always about the ask. And look, I do it myself. You know, I'm always nervous about asking. Mm-hmm. And then later I'm thinking, well, if they say no, they say no, but at least I ask, mm-hmm. right? And so I think it's so important because in most cases, they don't say no mm-hmm. because people are willing to help those who are prepared and those who they know are trying to do better. And so I think it, it really is, you know, certainly about the ask. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about this idea of preparedness and, you know, pulling yourself together, I got to speak to um, social media and, you know, kind of the missteps that happen on social media. Mm-hmm. So clearly in, in my area, the first place I'm looking whenever there's a, you know, a new case brewing, I'm going to social media to kind of see what people are posting, what things are shaking out and looking like. I have to imagine that employers are also doing the same kind of thing where they're looking to see what you have posted on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, and maybe making some decisions as a result of that. Yep. And so what I will say too, like in addition to social media, I always say like focus on low hanging fruit, right? The things that you can control. First thing, do you have a professional headshot? I don't want to see your Facebook pictures on your LinkedIn page, right? Like, if you can't even do that for yourself, like, why would I invest time in you? Like, why would I invest my time, right? Yeah. Second, have a professionally written bio, like a bio that can, like, speak to who you are, shows a little bit of personality. It doesn't take that long. You can get somebody to write your bio for a couple hundred bucks, and you can use it and just, like, tweak it yourself. Sure. You also need to have let's say, a resume, right? Like, a resume that works, a resume that has impact and all those things. And I would say lastly, like a networking kit, right? So things that you use um, to keep track of your network, to make sure that you are depositing into your network, to make sure that you're connecting with people and that you're not only making withdrawals from people, right? So those four things are in your control. You literally can right now do any of those things. Um, And if you can't start, so for example, with your resume, if you need someone to help you with your resume, don't just say, can you do my resume unless you're hiring them? But if it's someone in your network, you can say, I've tried this, this, and this. Could you look it over and give me feedback? Because you've invested some time in yourself and you're asking somebody to also contribute, not to do the work for you. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yes. Because I think you're showing some initiative, right? But also, you know, having that outreach. So I've had several people who've said to me, hey, can you take a look at my resume? I'm not in, you know, HR, I'm not in career development, but I write for a living. And I can spot things as in, you know, grammar, punctuation, misspellings, 
that, you know, I can call out to your attention. So it's very true that at least taking something to someone and saying, look, this is what I'm working with. Can you help me? But there are also, of course, clearly, you know, um, people out there who you can hire and, and, you know, help you with that. But I do like this idea of the headshot, right? Don't take your profile picture from Facebook and then use it, you know, on your LinkedIn, because those are not one and the same, unless you've got a professional Facebook page, which you likely don't in that, in that scenario. So, so that's really, that's really key. So when I choose the latter, tell us about your, um, your work and, and, you know, with clients as a part of this career challenge, um, and how that, you know, they could, um, have that, you know, as a resource for them if they are looking for advancement assistance or to transition into the workforce? Yep. So unfortunately for them, we don't do it all the time and it's absolutely free. It's hundred percent free to, to, to be a part of it. Oh, look um, at that. Well, just because like, I really, really think that corporate America with all of its challenges has some real opportunities for corporate if you just know what you're signing up for and how to navigate that system, right? And right. so for us, the, the five-day challenge is um, like low-hanging fruit, right? We focus on five different things every day. It's to help people who don't have networks find networks. So right now the challenge has 50 women in there and they don't know each other, right? So this is a way for you to organically grow your network. You know that if you are part of the challenge, you're like-minded women, right? And so you would want to connect with them. But um, so I choose the ladder for me is um, it's a career consulting company, right? That aims to bridge the gap between ambitious black women who want to climb the corporate ladder and then the corporations that understand how important it is to attract and retain black talent. Okay. Um, and we do that through a bunch of ways. So in terms of free resources, obviously anybody can listen to this. You just have to be okay with learning from a black woman because most of the women that we talk to are black women. But right podcast that happens every week where we interview senior level black female executives talking about what it's like to climb the corporate ladder and some unique challenges um, that happen as a black woman. And that's something that I think in the beginning, we got a lot of pushback of people saying like, well, why don't you just do something for women? And I understand that we, we have a lot in common, but as it pertains to career advancement, there are challenges that are very unique, right, to being a Black woman in the space. Yeah. And I feel like I don't like to tell other people's stories. The only kind of woman I know how to be in corporate is a Black woman. Yeah, and yeah. so we created that to solve for problems that I can actually understand. Um, and community being the, like the, the crux of that. Um, oh, but something that is still open, I don't know when the podcast will air, but so every year we do a career summit. It's a one-day career summit that focuses on both like, tangible things and then soft skills around corporate America. And so this year, the theme is reimagining the narrative. So what would it look like if we told ourselves different stories about what it means to be a Black woman in the workplace, right? Or a woman in the workplace, right? So we focus on things like we have a mental health panel, like how do you protect your mental health when you're there? But then we also have a panel um, that's uh, not a panel, a workshop that's being facilitated by uh, HR business partner from PepsiCo on how do you look for a job during a global pandemic, right? Okay. So it's a, it's a spectrum of things it's on September 26th, which is a nice. Saturday. Yeah. Um, but so that's like, that's for us. It's how do we help people who may not have the resources? If you're a first generation in corporate, you don't necessarily have the family to help you figure this stuff out. We want to be that support system for people. That's fantastic. I think that 
you know, I choose the latter is, is bridging that gap that is so, um, unfortunately still very wide. Um, and I think that, you know, the work that you were doing certainly is much needed and, and much appreciated because, um, we have a long way to go in advancements in the corporate space, in corporate America for black women. Um, and I think that having a community of women who can share stories, experiences, network will certainly help with that. And there's a good chance that within that group of, of network, there are women who have had the same kind of challenges that we're discussing today, which deals with, you know, coming out of a divorce or thinking about divorce or being in that kind of, you know, gray area of, you know, family concern and issues and the impact that that may have um, on their career advancement. Certainly, I have known um, women who I got divorced several years ago and, you know, were uh, either stay-at-home moms or were, you know, kind of low-level executives and literally have become their best self since. So it is absolutely possible. It is. Um, and, and I think the information that you have shared with us today is one step in helping women realize that it is so possible to do. But to your point, you've got to give yourself grace. You've got to give yourself the time to do it. And don't get distracted. In this social media world, it's so easy to like compare yourself to like, this person who like, oh, she just got divorced last year and look, she's already, like, yeah, who cares, right? You like, don't even know. Story. You, don't, you don't know what she did to get that. You don't know yeah. what it's costing her to maintain that. And I know it's hard, right? Like, I have my moments where I'm on social media and like, I'm like, oh my God, I wish I had a six pack abs. And I'm like, but I know you got to work out eight days a week in order so to- there's that. And I'm good. And I'm doing it, right? So don't let, don't let other people's journeys make you look down on your own, right? Like what you have everything you need right now to do what you need to do right now. Other people's journeys are like, that's theirs. And I know it's hard. I know what I'm saying right now is easier said than done, but try to practice that muscle to know that wherever you are right now, it's okay. It's It's more than okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, listen, I can't tell you how much I'm going to go back and listen to this and pick up my own kind of reminders and gems because it's hard for all of us, right? We all, we all kind of, you know, find ourselves in that, in that space. So before we, we end, we tell us where we can find uh, more information about I Choose the Ladder. Sure. So if you want to find out more about I Choose the Ladder, so you can go to the website, ichoosetheladder.com or on Instagram at I Choose the Ladder. And if you want to find out more about the Career Summit, it's the Climb, C-L-I-M-B, summit.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been fantastic. Like I said, I'm definitely going to go back and jot down some, you know, quotes and notes so that I can, you know, kind of remind myself and, you know, who knows that one day I might uh, be transitioning and, and might be looking to, some of these uh, suggestions as to, you know, my own advancement moves. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe so that you can catch new episodes. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. 